Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want you to feel confident in raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm Joshua Humpa, the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God and the father of two spectacular kids with my wife, Stephanie. In this episode, we're going to discuss the parental art of letting go, as difficult as it might be, and to help you feel like you got this. What's up, what's up, what's up, all you cool parents? Welcome back to another Confident Parent Podcast. Hey, I just want to remind you again, hey, if you have not listened to the last episode of the podcast, Shaping Generous Kids, please, after this one, go back, listen to that. This is going to actually play into this one again. All of these kind of snowball into each other. And I'm going to give you a heads up. I am looking forward to something that's going to be coming very soon, whether it's our next episode or the episode after that. Uh, There is a parent, a grandparent at the church. He helps with the Rangers. This guy is just the best. His name is Rick, and uh, man, he has got he's got some kids of his own, a bunch of grandkids now that are coming back to the church, and uh, he is just a rock star in so many ways. But he told me something in a conversation that we were just we we're chatting about Royal Rangers, our Wednesday night boys program, and he said to me, he said, you know, as um, with my kids, we went all in with sports when they were teenagers, and um, I am not going to do that again with my kids, with my grandkids. And I said, hold on a second. Like, we're talking about something else. Let's pause the conversation. Tell me more about this. And uh, we're going to be doing an interview with him and his wife, Teresa. Uh, What he shared with me about the the why, why he would not do that with his grandkids and why he's going to make sure that the focus for his grandkids is to come to church, is to come to church. And the reasons why, you know, he's experienced this, he's gone through this. Man, I cannot wait for you to hear that and just to hear the, the importance and significance that he's seen in his family of getting your kids to church. Man, I'm excited about that. So that's a promo for what's coming up. But today, we're talking about the parental art of letting go, of letting our kids go. Oh, it's so hard. Letting go of our kids is difficult. And what I mean by that, of letting go, is, um, you know, you've heard the term helicopter parents, and uh, I think uh, for a lot of millennials, this was the scenario. Um, you know, you've heard that a lot. And again, it's a, it's a stereotype. It's not for everyone, but it's just a generalization, which means that it happens more so than not. That there's just a lot of parents that were just there for everything, right? Watching over our kids for everything. And um, I've seen it as a children's pastor now for a while. I've seen it. It's continuing on even with us to our next kid, to our kids, uh, that it is difficult to let go, that we want to be there for every second of our kid, right? Of course, we want to be there for the sporting events, for the activities, concerts, to make sure that our kids feel you know, confident and, and to not see an empty seat, you know, have that longing of like, I wish my parents were there, but even even more so to an extreme of birthday parties, right? I want to be there at the birthday parties too, just to make sure everything's okay, nothing weird's happening. And, uh, you know, there's kind of two pendulums, uh, the pendulum swing to this. On one side of the pendulum is this absent parenthood, you know, letting your kids literally do whatever and just not being a part of your kid's life. And then you swing the pendulum to the other side. And I think this is more prevalent in good Christian homes, you know, the target audience of who we're trying to talk to with our with our podcast here. And it's this 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 side of holding on too tightly and for too long. You know, this has really been something I've I've noticed as a kids pastor and with having my my kids having friends, is that I've noticed that kids today have way less sleepovers at their friends than I did when I was a kid. I mean, almost every Sunday afternoon. After church, I was at my friend's house. I would have sleepovers pretty regularly, both at my house, having my friends over, and going to their house from when I was young, elementary kid, all the way through high school. And man, those are some of my my best memories. And I got to 
kind of give a shout out here. Um, so one of the things that kind of got me thinking about this is um, there's this kid named Keenan and Jason uh, at the church. And these boys, they have fostered a friendship uh, through Bible quiz here at church. That's how they really got connected and got to know each other. And um, boy, those boys, it has been so fun. They did not grow up. It's just more more recent with the last couple of years that this friendship is really kindled. But those boys are so tight. And um, it's so fun to see them on Sundays after church running up to mom and dad and be like, can we please come over to my house? Can I go over to his house? And uh, I'm close to both of his parents. And just to hear them talk about how often they sleep over, you know, stay up late. And they're just, they're having fun being young boys together. Um, man, it just makes my heart happy to hear that and to see that friendship blossoming, um, you know, and it, that it started at something at church and, and such a good thing. Um, some of you, you your, your kids have not done sleepovers. And you hear this and you think, oh my goodness, I'm never going to let my kids sleep over anywhere until they're 65 years old. <laughs> and you cringe hearing that or you just think, boy, it's hard for me to let my kid even sleep over at grandparents' houses or aunts and uncles. Some of you, it's no problem. It's not an issue at all. But I have noticed that kids, they sleep over less than they ever have before. And, and that's different. You know, another thing that I've noticed with kids is that um, I feel like more than ever, you know, because of COVID, kids want to be close to their parents. They have a hard time being separated. And it's interesting, the kids that are regular at church, you know, they have this routine um, schedule that they come in, they go to church, they go to their classes, you know, especially in nursery and preschool. Boy, it's easy for them to go into those classes. And the more that it becomes a routine and regular, it's easy. But it's the sporadic, the sporadicness, the ones that come every once in a while, those oftentimes are the kids that have a, a more difficult time being away from mom and dad. And then even so with elementary kids, you know, we have a lot of events and trips with the church uh, for kids to give them incredible adventures. Um, kids, there's a lot more kids now than ever that just don't want to be away from mom and dad. They've been so close and so tight with them for the last two years that it is hard and weird to think about being away from mom and dad. And uh, I've seen, um, we have a kids event coming up uh, at the end of the month in February when we're recording this. And uh, every year at this event and another one, I always have just like a copy and paste, multiple conversations with parents, just how difficult it is to let go and to, to trust other people with your kids and to let them go into a scary world, which we're going to get to in just a second, the reasons why it's so hard. You know, it's so, it's hard. It's difficult. It seems like more now than ever to let go of our kids, to let them go and do stuff when we're not there with them or, or watching over or close by. And I think a couple of reasons, I think there's, you know, there's multiple reasons to it, but a couple of reasons is it's a big, scary world. And, and for multiple reasons, it seems like the world is more scary now than it's ever been, which is not true, but it, it feels that way. It feels like danger is just like knocking down the door any chance it can, and it wants to get our kids, which yes and no is true and is not true at the same time, but it feels scarier than it's ever been. And it seems like there's more weird people in the world and weird things happening to kids than there's ever been before as well. And we don't want our kids to get hurt. I don't want my kids to get hurt. I don't want them to get kidnapped or somebody to say weird things to them. Um, and, and you don't either. We don't want our kids to get exposed to bad things, right? We have a kind of a timeline or an idea of when we think our kids can kind of hear some certain things or be exposed to certain things, which is very appropriate and very good. It's very true. We don't want our kids exposed to bad things. Um, but our kids, our parents, um, there's, there is a scaredness about being separated on both sides with kids and parents. I mean, and, and to be honest, to be real and transparent, um, 
the enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy your child. I mean, God has a wonderful plan for your child's life. And the enemy wants to destroy your kid's life. The enemy wants to trap your child so that they cannot enter eternity with Christ and that their life here on earth is a mess. I mean, the enemy wants to make it so that your kid has a terrible life, both here on earth and in eternity. And so I say that, and that shouldn't bring any more calmness to you, right? You should hear that and think, yeah, exactly. That is why I have such a hard time letting go of my kid and letting them go do things when I'm not there, where I have to be all around them. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk through some scripture and some ideas um, about the art. It is an art, and we'll talk about that, the art of letting go as parents, of letting our kids be away from us. And a question that we talk about regularly on this podcast is what kind of relationship do you want to have with your child when they are a grown adult? It's hard to think about that when our kids are three, nine, <laughs> even 12 years old. It's hard to think about them being 35, 45, even in their 20s. And so I just listed a couple of things that I want for my kids, my son Carson, my, my daughter Chloe. What do I want as they're grown adults when Chloe is 35, I want her to be married. When Carson is 22, I want both of those. I want them. Oh, and by the way, we're expecting uh, another child. So we're going to have three, which is very exciting. We found out, find, we find out in a couple of days uh, the gender of the baby, which we're pumped for. But all three of my children, I want my kids to be powerhouses for the kingdom of God. That is something we pray regular, regularly for my kids, that they would be powerhouses, just dynamic leaders for God. Whether it is a specific call into the ministry to be a pastor or a missionary or, or in some various role, you know, full-time dedicated to the ministry, or they have a regular job and they are just, they still serve God in a powerful way and do powerful things for the Lord. We pray for our kids. I want my kids to be powerhouses for the kingdom of God. I want them to be confident in who God created them to be. You know, understanding and knowing very well their talents, their abilities, their calling, whatever that ends up being their identity in Christ. I want them to be confident in that, that they don't they don't go through what life struggling and not knowing who they are, what they're supposed to do, that they drift and they're vagabonds just kind of just flowing through life. No, I want them to be confident powerhouses for God. And I, and I pray and what I desire for my kids is to be overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we talked about that in an earlier podcast. I encourage you to check that out and, and how, to, how to help your child grow in the fruit of the Spirit. But I want them to be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I want my kids to enjoy their life here on earth. I want them to, to have fun, to have great things. To I want them to be able to make a lot of money. I want them to be generous as well. You know, that it that it's not so focused on this world that that's all that they put their effort into, but but that they do enjoy their life, that they have fun. What I don't want is I don't want a selfish, stubborn, just terrible relationship child where they just have no good relationships. All of the relationships become broken. And so with our kids, how, how do we get there, right? We hold on to our kids. And I think the reason for this and kind of this is kind of like the big idea and I think the thing that we all of us have to figure out on our own is, how, how do we let go of our kids? When is the right time? And how much do we let go of them? And kind of a, the big point and the thing to, re, to remind you of and to remember as you're growing up, as your kids are growing up and you're teaching your kids the word of God is we teach them now so that we can let them go. We teach them now about the word of God, the values of the word, um, how, to, how to be a good, solid, 
Bible-believing Christian to be like Jesus, we teach them all of that now so that we can let go of them. And we have to practice letting go of them now. And the prayer is that they would hold on to what we have instilled and taught our kids. We teach them now to let them go. That the goal is you will one day soon get rid of your kids. (laughs) That they're not going to be living with you, doing things with you all the time. That they have their own life. They are grown people and do their own things. You know, Scripture talks about this. Uh, There's kind of two verses I want to talk to you about. Proverbs 22.6 If you can, if you can turn to that, look at that. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6. This is written by Solomon. Just some words of wisdom. This guy saw a lot, knew a lot. He said, he wrote down, direct your children onto the right path. Okay, so the things that we want our kids to be, the way of the the Lord. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Okay, so you direct your child, your kids, onto the right path. And then when they're older, hey, you've taught it to them. You've instilled the truth of the word of God, and they will not leave it. I mean, that's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm believing is going to happen. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter 6, I'm sorry, verses 6 and 9, God has just given direction to the children of Israel. He's trying, I mean, they're just, he's just getting through with them on like what it means to have this relationship with God, to have this covenant with God. What's going to happen when you do it? And God said in verse 6, And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Like, it can't be this in and out. Like, I feel like it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I kind of do what I want. No, no. Wholeheartedly to the commands I'm giving you today. And then verse 7, Repeat them again and again to your children. Not just once, not just do it over and over and over. Repeat these to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're driving. No, it says when you're on the road. But when when you're on the road, when you're driving, when you're going to bed at night, when you're getting up with them, when they wake up. And then he got even more so. I mean, he knows us. He created us. This is what he says. He says, tie them. Tie these commands, these ideas. Tie them to your hands and, and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Basically, God's saying, just Put it anywhere around you. Put on a ring on your finger to help you remind remind you of this stuff. If you want to, I mean, what the Israelites would do is they put, would tie tassels to their robes to help remind them of the scriptures with specific tassels. Do stuff like that to help remind you of these commandments. And then verse 9, write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. Put up art in your home. We've talked about this on the podcast. Put up art in your home that reminds you of the word of God, that your kids see it at home and it's just there. They can't escape it, right? Remind your kids. Talk about this stuff often. And what does Proverbs, what does Solomon say? If you do this when they're kids, if you direct them onto the right path, when they are older, they will not leave it. Now, I think a thing that all of us do, all of us struggle with, again, this is the art, the parental art of letting our kids go, is we hold on so tightly. Now, listen to this. This is important. We hold on so tightly to our kids. We don't let them go do stuff. We want to be with them and be involved in their stuff constantly because... We want to be in control. We want to make sure that everything is going to be okay with our kids. And so we hold on tight instead of trusting God to lead our kids. You know, we're so nervous about the world and all the dangers that could happen that that we, we strip God of control. We lose our trust in him and we have to manage it ourselves. We have to manage our kids' lives to make sure to be positive, to make sure that there's absolutely, we have control of everything that our kids are going through, doing, experiencing. And so we are fully in control and know that it's all going to be okay with our kids. And that is not how God 
designed our families and our lives to be. I mean, everything, everything is always supposed to be, God, I trust you. You know, I do my part, but then I got, God, I trust you to do your part. And so I think that's really at the root of what's going on with, with, with a lot of us, of why we struggle of letting go of our kids. You know, a theme of this podcast that we, I think we say about just about every episode is, is to pray for your child's heart because only God can create a heart change. You know, we teach them the word of God. We talk about it. We show it to them. You know, we, we model our faith and talk about Jesus often, but we have to pray for our child's heart because only God can change our child's heart. And so that all ties into letting go, to realizing that we really can only do so much. We model our faith. We talk about Jesus often, but ultimately we have to trust God. Trust that we have instilled his word, that we've shown them by example what it means to be a Christ follower, and then trust God that they've gotten it, that, that they understand what it means to be a Christ follower. And that hopefully, as Proverbs says, that we've, we've taught them the right way, and as they're older, they'll get it. You know, I've seen the effects of kids that grew up with uh, parents that just, they held on, on too tight. You know, even a recent example, there's a mother that um, just just had such a fear of letting go. Um, kids were always, always, always with her. And uh, the child just went to college for the first time. And this is really the first time that, they're, that they've let their child go. Um, and very, just did not go on trips without them at church. Um, even was involved in the ministries of the church that their kids were in. That there was, there was really no separation and the, the, the mom is having such a hard time. I mean, it's more difficult for the mom now when the kid's in, in college than it is for the child to be away. And it's sad. It's hard. You know, it's not easy to let go of our kids. And if we hold on too tight, it never, it never ends up well. You know, I've seen firsthand from my friends growing up and from other teenagers and kids within church that for the families that held on too tight or were just too strict about these kind of things, kids, more times than not, just go bonkers. You know, when they get that taste of freedom, they take it to the extreme. And then it's like, what in the world? I've taught you all this stuff. Why are you doing this? Well, it's because we wanted control. We held on too tightly instead of trusting God. And now when it's finally time to let them go, wow, they are just bananas because they've never had this freedom before. We've had control. Now we're letting go of our control. And God was not involved in this really at all and trusting God in this. Or, Or what I've also seen is they push away mom and dad as they grow up because mom and dad have been too close their whole lives. You know, the desire and the hope of parents and holding on is that our kids will turn out good and that our relationship will be tight and we'll be a close family. But more times than not, again, the kids, they grow up and they just, they don't want anything to do with mom and dad because mom and dad were too close, too tight, would not let go. And so now I'm a grown adult and I don't want to experience that ever again. And so then the relationships just get severed and they're hard. And again, this is an art, the parental art. It's not a science. There is no exact cookie cutter way for each child on the timing, the place, the events of letting go of our kids. But it is an art. And part of it is trusting God. Trusting God and saying, I'm going to send my kid to this event or I'm going to let my kid be a kid. I'm not going to be as involved in these very specific things because I, I'm going to let God, I'm going to trust God to do it. You know, for example, when I go to youth, 
when my kids go to youth, I'm not going to become a youth leader <laughs> because my kids are in youth. I never had any interest in helping in youth except for now that my kids are in youth and really because I just want to be around my kids and make sure that everything's going to be okay. Um, it's letting our kids go and, and, and having some freedom on their own little by little. You know, the easiest example parallel um, to kind of in real world today's terms is birds, right? Pushing the birds out of the nest. You know, for kid, for for the chicks, for the kid birds, it's easy to be in the nest because the free food is just delivered. Um, but I was reading a little bit about this that, and it's like, oh yeah, no duh. After I read that, read this, you know, as the as the little chicks, as the little birds, they get bigger and they get louder. Um, as they're staying in the nest, they actually get become more of a risk to the whole family, to the whole nest, um, because of predators. You know, they're actually drawing more attention to the predators by staying in the nest, and that it's actually better for the entire family to push. The little birds out earlier because otherwise the whole nest could be taken down. I think there's an interesting parallel there between what the enemy wants to do with our families and trusting God. And then I also read that um, that some some birds, some parent birds, they actually stop feeding the chicks if the kids like don't want to leave. <laughs> They'll just stop feeding them then to like shove them out, to push them out, to force them to get out. And so maybe you want your kid to go and experience stuff, but your kid is just not just is scared and just wants to be close to you. Maybe you just need to push them out <laughs> and let them go. You know, if we think about um, a biblical parallel to this, a big biblical parable, literally a parable, is the prodigal son. You know, I, if you're not familiar with the story, I encourage you to go read this afterwards. So I'm just going to speed through it for sake of time and, and to get to the point. Um, but this, the son asks his father, give me my money, give me my inheritance, let me go. He's a young kid. And I'm sure, you know, this is a fake story that Jesus made up. Um, and, and we're adding more context into, into it than could be there. But let's just pretend for a little bit. I, I can imagine if I was that father, that letting go of your son when they want to leave like that, when they're young, they're reckless, they're dumb, they're not, they're not, they're clearly not ready to leave yet. But the son wants to go. Man, I'm sure for the dad, it was so difficult and just heart wrenching to say, "All right, here is all the money that you're owed. You're not ready, but." Here you go. And I'm sure if we delve deeper into this imaginary story, man, it had to be so crushing to that father that if you put your, your son, your daughter in those shoes in that scenario, it would be really hard to let them go. But he did. The dad let him go. And lo and behold, this is every parent's worst nightmare, right? The son does everything the father raised him not to do. <laughs> Wasted his money on stupid stuff, partied, got involved with the wrong people. I mean, anything that a parent, you know, like the whole list that we went through before of what I don't want my kid to do, everything that the kid did was the opposite of what any parent would want for their child's life. And it was a hard lesson for that kid. So much so that the kid knew, man, <laughs> I have messed up. I have nothing. I really should go home. And I think because of that strong foundation that the son had based on what he learned at home, he knew that he could come home, that the dad decided, I will, I'm going to let go. And when the child went through these mistakes, because of what, like what Proverbs said, as a child, he was taught what was good, what was right. As an adult, he knew that he could come back home. And what happened when the son came back home? The father welcomed him with open arms, which I don't know if I would do that. If my son just wasted money and made terrible decisions. I mean, it is hard to not look at them and shame them, 
to say, I told you so, <laughs> right? To look at them and say, you, you bozo, why would you ever think this is the right thing? I told you this, I raised you right. The dad didn't do that at all to the prodigal son. Instead, he opened his arms. He threw a huge feast for him and celebrated the return of his son. I don't think that the dad, as his son was growing up, wanted his son to become this for, this, for this to be the path of his son's life. But he trusted God, let his son go. And ultimately, in the end, I mean, this is a fake story, so this isn't real. This is, isn't exactly what happened, but it's an interesting parallel that God helped the child to realize that he needs to come back to the right path. And at the end, the relationship was only stronger. I mean, the son and the father, I mean, how much more does the son appreciate the father for what he did and for the love and the welcoming back that he that, that happened? You know, that relationship wasn't severed. The son did not ever return and just find a different path. The son came back and, and through that rough patch, their relationship was better for it and the son was better for it. And so kind of the challenge for you, the thought to think about is the parental art of letting go. Will you trust God? And let go. Now, I'm not saying your, your, your child's three. <laughs> you got to push them out of the nest and let them go on their own. But I've seen in my own life as being a pastor, having friends and growing up in the church, around that elementary age usually seems to be the time when stuff starts to click in a brand new way. About third grade is when things click in a new way for kids where their relationship with God moves to the next level. And it becomes more real than it's ever been before. And so, when will you start letting go of your child? Will you hold on to them until they're in middle school? Boy, middle school kids got some weird stuff going on. High school, right? Uh, I don't know. That's when things get, the consequences get a little bit more serious. And so maybe you have to hold on tighter. I mean, are you going to let them go when they're in college? Is it too late? This is something that you need to pray about and talk about with your family and trust God. It ultimately comes down to trusting God and letting go of your own control, trying to manipulate, be just in charge of the whole situation and trusting God that's going to be okay. I'm going to do my best now when they're young to raise them on the right path, to, to post in my house signs of the word of God, to model, to show my kids what it means to be a Christ follower in every sense of the way, and then trust God and let them go into the real world. Because one day they will. I mean, that's just... The truth is one day they will enter the real world and will they be prepared for it when you let them out because you slowly let that process go or is it going to be this hard shock and awe and they just go bonkers? Can I pray with you? Can I pray that God would help you figure out for your family what is the right place? What is the right time? And that you would trust God? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a good heavenly father to us. Thank you that you have given us free will. That you ultimately want us, your desire, your plan for our lives is to come and to serve you, to walk and step with you. But you let us choose that. God, I pray that you would help us to do the same with our kids. That you would help us have confidence to trust you, to become confident parents trusting God. It's so hard, God, to let go of our kids. It's a scary world and there is a lot of weird stuff happening. But you are in control. You are a good God, a good heavenly father. And we have to put our trust in you. Help us to do that, God. Give parents wisdom today on when to start letting go, when to start letting their kids 
experience the world on their own. I pray that you give parents wisdom, that there'd be great conversations, and they would see the fruit and benefit of letting go. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, before we wrap up, uh, just one last thing is I, I, I tell parents this all the time when, whenever we have um, kind of a, a away events with, with our kids is that something special happens within the kids when they are away from mom and dad. You know, coming up at the end of the month, we have Kids Blast, and in the summer, we always have Spencer Lake uh, Camp. It's a week-long trip, and um, there's a reason why at Spencer Lake, it's like, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's like 75% of pastors in the AG got called to ministry at some sort of summer camp, and the Spencer Lake statistics are crazy of how high calling into ministry, baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, you know, big ministry moments happen. It's because these kids are away from mom and dad and they are on their own maybe for the first time first couple of times on their own pursuing god without mom and dad right around the corner and that's what god wants right he wants us on our own to come to him not forced into it not manipulated he wants on our own free will to come to him and when we do that's when god does powerful life-changing things in our lives and in our kids lives so i want to encourage you trust god trust god and let go. Now, don't abandon your kids. Don't swing the pendulum the other way. There's a balance and an art to it. But begin to trust God and let go. All right. Hey, if this help, if this podcast was helpful to you, I encourage you share this with somebody else. Let them know. Um, we're all about helping you to become confident in raising kids that love Jesus and have a thriving relationship with Him. And we're praying that God's going to do great things in and through your family. All right. We'll see you on the next episode.